0: On this week's episode, we welcome back former CIA,
1: Charles Faddis. Former head of the CIA's Weapons of Mass Destruction's Terrorism Unit is joining us, Charles Faddis, editor at a and Magazine. And he, better than most people, can answer that question. Mr. Faddis, welcome to the broadcast.
0: Thanks for having me, Armstrong.
1: What is, the, what is the answer to the question?
0: Well, look, I, I think you laid it out very effectively, which is we could make sort of a long list of things that we should be looking at and should be inquiring into. And as far as anybody can tell, we're doing none of that. I mean, let's start with the issue of sabotage, which is not to say that we know it was sabotage. But what we do know is that there are groups around the United States that have been advocating derailing trains and have attempted to derail trains. So there are anarchist groups that are documented, for instance, out in Washington state within the last year or two that have attempted to derail trains for sure. known, established. The FBI has been looking into this. So when this happens and you've got toxic, very dangerous chemicals on board, one of the first things you want to look at is was that done i should say as you suggested i mean i was in the central intelligence agency i am not an explosives guy but i have run teams in iraq where we derailed trains um so it can be done it is done uh you sure as heck can't figure out if it was done after you have brought in a construction crew torn up all the track driven bulldozers and all sorts of other heavy equipment around the area well okay now I mean, common sense tells you you have absolutely no idea whether that train was derailed or whether it went off the tracks. You just, you simply decided from the outset you were gonna discount that possibility. So that's, I mean, that's effectively out the window now. We have no, no capacity to do that. In terms of decisions about who, you know, burning the chemicals, as far as I can tell from digging into this pretty heavily, uh, the railroad was given the lead on that. And they decided to burn what amounts to a million pounds of vinyl chloride. There is no previous experience with any accident in the United States where we have ever burned on site that quantity of vinyl chloride. The chemical products that result hydrochloric acid and phosgene, which is a chemical agent, in other words, a chemical used to kill people in war. That that chemistry is well known. They knew when they burned it they were going to Produce a chemical weapon agent and hydrochloric acid in a quantity no one has ever done before. No, no prior experience. The the most we ever did before was burn, I think, a portion of the contents of one tank car. So they did all of this completely unprecedented, and apparently Norfolk Southern made the call.
1: You know, Mr. Fattis, you have a lot of experience from your days at the CIA. There are things they say, the more things change, the more they remain the same. And oftentimes they become much worse. When you look at areas like China, Iran, Israel, Russia, and other areas of the world that we're not talking about, what scares you, frightens you the most?
0: Yeah, well, I'm tempted to say everything, Armstrong. Um, I mean, the central thing that scares me is the fact that this administration is demonstrating either the most grotesque incompetence we've ever seen or or malfeasance, you can take your pick, but that there's no change of course, right? When Jimmy Carter was president, we began to make catastrophic foreign policy and national security decisions, pressure built, and before he was ever voted out of office, he had already begun to change course. This administration is hurtling down the track in so many directions and, and nothing changes. We are, we are now I think officially nine days, eight days, I'm losing count from when we officially say the Iranians will have enough highly enriched uranium to begin building atomic bombs. So that means the Ayatollahs in Tehran, assuming they've done their engineering work, which I'm sure they have, will have atomic weapons they can put on missiles in a little over a week. That means they can nuke Tel Aviv off the face of the earth. Um, we got the Ukrainians in the, Rus- the Ukrainian-Russian war escalating to the point where the Russians are every day rattling their saber and making very, very explicit threats of using nuclear weapons on the battlefield. So we're, this is like the missile, the the Cuban Missile Crisis on steroids, except this time we're pretending like it doesn't happen. The Chinese just publicly announced they're accelerating the timetable for the reabsorption or the repossession, whatever phraseology they're using exactly, of Taiwan. I mean, all over the world, we're we're just hurtling sort of toward the apocalypse. And the the really scary thing is, a, a lot of the media doesn't talk about it and we show no indication of changing course.
1: We know that the Chinese asked for a ceasefire between Ukrainians and the Russians, but also we know that the Chinese are also supporting the Russians. What happens if this continues?
0: Well, first of all, I think what the Chinese are doing basically is inserting themselves into the process. They don't actually think that anybody is going to pick up on their points and negotiate. I would suggest to you that what they've done is lay the foundation for becoming more involved themselves. In other words, they're basically saying to us and to the Ukrainians, if you're serious about peace, do the following things. And then when we don't do those things, they will use it as a justification for. Uh, for helping the Russians, the Chinese have are, are, are winners all around in this war, right? I mean, they're keeping us distracted, they're depleting our munition stocks, and they're bleeding the Russians, who may be currently sort of their allies, but also historically have been their enemies. So they're kind of weakening every everybody. I mean, th- th- this this whole crisis is is it is not static, and we are just pushing it and pushing it and pushing it to the point where inevitably it will spin out of control. I know you and I have been talking about that for a long time. We we need to cool this thing down or we're gonna turn around and realize we really are on the brink of a world war.
1: You mentioned, as we were going out the break, there's no end in sight of the United States changing course in all these areas you spoke of. Is it they can't change course? Is it that they're, uh, they've already been bought and paid for by foreign governments and Sometimes uh, the interests of a few outweigh the interests of the many. Why can't they just change of course? It's the United States, it's the lone superpower in the world.
0: Yeah, well, I agree with you 100%. As you, as you know, look, I, I don't think we should discount the fact that the guy sitting in the White House has taken tens of millions of dollars from the Communist Chinese and has had extensive contacts, at least via his son with folks who are known to be Chinese intelligence officers. So you can pretend, we can wish that wasn't true or pretend we don't see it, but it doesn't make it go away. Can we change course? Of course we could. Look at the Ukrainian-Russian situation. Sit down with the Russians privately and tell them, listen man, you're bleeding to death and we can do this all day. We We can pour money and gear in there, we're not taking any casualties. So how about you negotiate and look at Zelensky and say, listen, man, the only reason the Russians aren't in Kiev is because of us. So unless you plan on going it alone, you need to listen to us and you need to go sit down at the negotiating table with Vladimir and we need a hammer out a peace deal. Will it happen in five minutes? Obviously not. It will be bloody and protracted and, and and painful. But we can make both sides come to the negotiating table anytime we want, which means we are consciously choosing to prolong uh, and escalate this conflict. That's a conscious decision for whatever reasons you want to postulate.
1: Are are you saying that Iran is 12 days away from nuking Israel, and Israel is sitting idly by and doing nothing?
0: Well, the 12-day count comes from an announcement from a senior DOD official, which jived a, a few days ago, so we're under 12 now. Are the, Iran- are the Israelis doing nothing? I am sure that is not true. I am sure that the Israelis are preparing, even as we speak, to go it alone and go in and take out the facilities. Understand that the only real impediment to developing a nuclear weapon is acquiring sufficient highly enriched uranium. The engineering work, I mean, was mastered in 1945, right? The physics before that. The only real impediment is getting enough HEU. We're now a little over one week from the Iranians having that. Sure, the engineering work is done. They already have the missiles. They can blow Tel Aviv off the face of the earth in 10 days. So are the Israelis gonna let them do that? No, I think the Israelis are going in any time now.
1: Are we the lone superpower in the world? Who are we as Americans militarily? Just how strong? We know the Chinese continue to build they're attracting foreign executives every week um, to make inv- investments in their economy. Describe our might in the world today.
0: Are we still the, the most powerful nation on earth militarily? Without question. Are we really capable of taking on an alliance of communist China, the world's second largest economy at, at a minimum? russia iran and a whole host of other characters and fighting that war by ourselves i wouldn't bet a lot of money on that and the trends in our military are not good right i mean increasingly it's not just wokeness which is sort of has nothing to do with fighting and winning a war right it's it's bureaucracy it's a loss of a you know you sort of lose that ethic of the fact that war is a horrible nasty ugly thing and if you want to win it, I mean it comes what did Patton say, I think, it comes down to killing people and breaking things. That's a horrible way to put it, but that's that's the reality, right? It's not antiseptic and you can't win it with PowerPoint presentations. So we we have lost that that edge to a certain extent.
1: Why is US foreign policy seemingly becoming such an afterthought?
0: Well, I mean, I think we have, we have a couple of competing things here. One, I think we have some people in positions of power that are incompetent and and not qualified to hold their positions. But also, quite frankly, I think we have a lot of people in positions of power who don't really put the interests of the United States first, right? They, they whether they're bought and paid for and actively working for a foreign adversary, just push that to the side. At a minimum, ideologically, They kind of think that they should be apologizing for the United States all of the time and that we're really the problem. So we're not really, you know, we're more concerned with that than we are with national security. And I should say, you know, just to be crystal clear, I am not a neocon. I am not advocating for perpetual war. Very much to the contrary. A laser focus on American national interest means before we start doing things like pouring weapons into Ukraine, somebody ought to define our interest. And by the way, how is this gonna end? Like, what's the end state we're working toward?
1: Will technology define the future of geopolitics?
0: Well, it will, it will be a critical factor that that has to be managed, right? I mean, right now we're already confronting these issues. The Chinese already make drones with artificial intelligence and artificial intelligence that is empowered to make the decision about who they kill. So it's not like you're flying a drone around and then if somebody is watching a camera and they make a remote decision as to whether to pull the trigger and fire a, a missile. The drones are cut loose and they are empowered to move on their own in swarms and target people and and kill things. Um, there are other dimensions to this, right? We are already seeing indications that the Russians are preparing for the possibility of cutting the basically cutting the undersea cables that are the backbone of the world Internet. The whole economy runs on those cables, right? People think it's satellites. It's not. That's a relatively small portion. This web of cables that lie on the sea floor. That's what drives commerce. That's how all banking is done. That's how all communication is done. The Russians are out there as we as we speak scouting for doing what we would call casing for cutting those things in response to what we're doing in Ukraine. So you're going to see a lot more of that.
1: Why is it that Biden wants to continue the laws that allow NSA mass surveillance and yet Republicans in Congress are vehemently opposed to it?
0: Yeah, this, this is kind of a strange bedfellows thing, isn't it? Somehow we've morphed into this world where the Democratic Party that theoretically is the party of liberalism and protecting the individual is now the defender of the deep the deep state i don't know how you can make any any realistic argument for for this kind of mass surveillance we have seen demonstrably over the last x number of years that these tools are being abused and they're being used against the american people and they ought to be dismantled you know is there anything that gives you hope on
1: foreign policy from this administration?
0: Uh, that it will end, hopefully, <laughs> in a couple of years. I, I, I tell you, Armstrong, I, 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 it's a, good, it's a very good question. I try not not to be the most depressing guy in, you know, on, on, on earth, as if I should be carrying a scythe and wearing a black coat all the cloak all the time. But, but look, we, we are really facing existential threats on every front. And again, as I, I said earlier. What terrifies me is that this administration is showing no indication whatsoever of changing course. And so much of the mass media is insulating them from pressure to do so by pretending that it's not that it's not happening, right? Over 100,000 people died last year of fentanyl poisoning as a result of the fact that we have erased our southern border, right? In places like Baltimore and West Baltimore, they're having to put commercial coolers in parking garages to store bodies from fentanyl poisoning because the morgues are overflowing, and yet this administration is doing nothing at all to staunch that flow. We're, we're killing our kids now, and do you, they don't care.
1: Do you agree with the White House move to ban TikTok from all government devices, and is that enough?
0: I agree with it, and it's not nearly enough, right? Uh, I remember, I remember years ago standing in an NSA facility when I was doing contract work, watching them wheel in cart after cart after cart of flat screen TVs to put into place, all still in the boxes and every single one of them manufactured in China. And I said to somebody, does it bother you at all that you're filling your controlled spaces with the most secret information in the world with devices that were all manufactured in China, it could all be phoning home continuously? And they laughed. So the other day, there was a report that came out of a study about how, my God, the U.S. government has now realized that all of our secure spaces are filled with devices that the Chinese manufactured. And we have established that in the past they have done that and inserted chips into them that literally make them talk to Beijing continuously.
1: Share your quick thoughts on the Chinese Wuhan lab and what the truth really is, what happened there.
0: The truth is that the Chinese were involved in gain of function research uh, and that virus uh, got out of that lab. Right now, I would bet that it was not deliberately released. I believe that it escaped because their lab practices are notoriously sloppy. Uh, And then they default to what they typically default to, which is they lie, they cover up, they pretend it's not happening. And the next thing you know, it's completely out of control. But here's the essence, I mean, the most important thing for the American people to understand is all of the available intelligence and information told us from the very beginning that the most likely point of origin was that lab. And and from that point on, it is a deliberate cover-up.
1: Is what we're fighting in Ukraine, is it being pushed by the military complex, industrial complex, or is there a real value for being there?
0: Look, is there value in stopping Putin from taking Ukraine? Yes. Focused narrowly and with the idea that we're going to bring this to a negotiated end. Once you get started, yeah, by inertia, the military industrial complex will continue to push this because they are making ungodly sums of money. And that's the problem. We have the, the defense industry driving policy, and that can't be.
1: Sam so Faddis, uh, how do we find out more about you and A&D?
0: And magazine, aandmagazine.substack.com. Thank you for listening to this week's
1: episode.